0: And you can start yours at any time. Okay. Awesome. And and that actually worked as a good mic check too. So everything's looking good on my end. Um, so thank I do you. want to start with just saying thank you. I know that it's early there. I can't, I, I can never keep up
1: with the time difference. <laughs> it's just afternoon right now, 12.50 p.m
0: okay i've I've only been to Australia once and it was in Darwin and a little time in Sydney and it was while I was stationed in Japan, so I didn't have much of a time difference <laughs> to <laughs> to work with uh so and that was wow almost seven eight years ago so <laughs> i can't mm. I can barely remember uh much of my time there but uh that being said, I know that we coordinated this really quickly and I think it it was like a a week total between, like, planning things, getting things scheduled, and now recording. So uh, that usually does take time. So thank you so much for jumping onto the show.
1: (laughs) No problems.
0: And I, I have to start with, like... What What is your role with Illuminated Bits? Because I, I'm so confused and I always get confused and I've asked Ish like seven times and he can never give me like a clear answer. So as far as I know, he does like the development stuffs and then you do everything else, which doesn't seem fair to me. But I mean, if that's what works, I'll go with it.
1: Uh, we have a very fair arrangement actually. Um, so Illuminated Bits is Ish's, um independent company so he has total ownership over it. I'm not actually employed by his company. I like kind of do contract work and he, um, he reimburses me for some of the work I do. So I mean, Capsicum is one of the apps we work on and I get a share of the profits it makes. So um, my role specifically is um, doing design. So I work on designing the user interface. I use Sketch um, for that and then I'll send those mock-ups over to Ish, and he'll implement it in code. Not necessarily straight away there is like a back and forth discussion and iterations before we're happy on a particular screen and then i also do like social media um social media promotion for the apps we work on so i create like artwork and come up with like the wording for tweets and instagram and facebook like like we do we do like agree on the messages and stuff that we want to share when we're promoting stuff and and then both discuss whether we like the artwork and stuff till so it is like a collaborative process
0: so i already have a few questions just off of that response Um, the big thing is you said that uh, you're kind of working as a contractor does that mean that you're Mm -hmm. building apps with other developers or um, working with other developers to, or other, I guess, business owners to uh, help promote their brands and their products as well?
1: Uh, not currently. Um, I just started my – I just started a new app or released a new app that uh, is on my own developer account, and I actually – so another developer actually worked with me and I'll be paying him a share of the profits from my own project. So, um, yeah, I, I actually am looking for work at the same time as working on all my own products. So <laughs> they're like they're kind of like all different side projects, but I would love them to be full-time projects that can make a living for me.
0: I do think that that is the uh, the entrepreneur's dilemma of having so much work to do, and then also having your own things that you want to accomplish, all while trying to still make your business profitable. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something that I'm learning more and more about, like each day that I've been uh, trying to do this. This. I don't even know what you would call it. I, I call it boutique creativity <laughs> business uh, at this mm-hmm. point. But that's interesting because you know I I look at Stamp Pack and that was how I first found out about um, Ish and about and you and, and what you two were doing. But I look mm-hmm. at that and I look at Capsicum and it's to me it it does seem like a very joint uh, effort in there of like I'm you know you're just as much a part of that product as as Ish is even though maybe the business is under his name and and mm-hmm. I I like that. I like that it doesn't feel like it's oh hey I built this app and I had to hire a designer. It was yeah. This is our app and we we built it. I think that that shows in your work.
1: Exactly. Like I don't just I don't just see myself as like a contractor. I like I do consider them my apps as well and I really do feel part of it and have ownership and we make decisions about the product together. Like uh, Ish, Ish still like leads like uh, he has a direction that that he wants to go and features that he wants to build. So he still leads like, like the apps we've worked on together but I can – definitely have a big influence with my own ideas and like if there's ever something I want, he's like, mock it up. (laughs) So I have to do some work if I actually want it. If I want something, I have to like actually show like how it could look. (laughs) So yeah.
0: So looking at that, and and definitely congratulations on the launch of a new app. Uh, I was lucky enough that that you gave me a, a copy to test, and I can already say like I've I've put a few things in it. Um, let's talk about that, but also let's talk about the difference between I work on an app with someone, and then like mm-hmm. I work on my app with someone.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Well, when I started working on this app, I actually, I actually figured that it would go on on, on the other developer's account um, because. So I, I primarily design. I only recently just started learning a little bit about uh, coding, learning Swift, um, and so I figured it would go on his account. But he said to me. Kyle who I'm working with, he said it seems like you really uh, want to make a go at the indie life and that you're really passionate about this. Wouldn't it be great if you could release the app on your own account and like it'd be your app? And I actually thought that was really awesome and um, because it was my it was my idea. And uh, me and Kyle we met at layers in 2017, which is a conference. That happens at the same time as WWDC and yeah we kept in touch and he really wanted to get into development like he did web development before and he wanted to get into working on iOS apps so really wanted to get some projects under his belt and stuff that he could have in his portfolio and yeah we talked about ideas for making an app and I mentioned my idea for when did I where you could track things you've done like the last time you changed the sheets or um, if you took your multivitamin and he really liked the idea and then we started working on it together Um, yeah so it's under my name like I have my own developer account and that was a pretty exciting process setting up because I've never done that stuff before like with ish, he managed all that side of things, so yeah, I have a lot more ownership over this, and a lot more um, a lot more control in a way because like i'm I'm responding to all the support emails so far, and um I can kind of make the executive decisions <laughs> as well.
0: I think that's. That is such a cool thing. And and like you said, just the idea of I have to make those decisions. Um, Not to make this all about me, but I (laughs) I had uh, a friend of mine who's been on the show uh, a few times before, Brett Terpstra, uh, really awesome automator, web wizard, does a bunch of crazy things. Uh, He just put out an app called Bunch, and all it does is allow you to... Uh, load windows or environments or URLs, uh, and you can basically batch them all together into quote-unquote bunches, and then you call them uh, relatively quickly. And I come in as an automator and as a scripter. So for me, I built an Alfred plugin just out of my desire to just do something because I love the app and it, it solved a need that I had, but I wanted to make it better. And I built it and he was like, oh, cool. Can I put this on my website and then reference your GitHub page for it? And that was the first time I'd ever had someone say like, hey, you've done something that's really cool with code. Can I share it with my audience and let people download it and they'll come to you with their problems and you can deal with it? (laughs) And in my mind, it was like, I'm doing it. I'm actually doing it. And then... I started noticing that people were actually following the, uh, the repo and I was like, Oh God, what did I do? <laughs> um, so I'm sure yeah. that have just having your name and having your developer account tied to the application is both exhilarating and uh, terrifying at the same time.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of work. Um, um, yeah. I spent, quite a bit of time yesterday replying to emails and trying to do some marketing stuff and I I need to also at one point think about implementing new features and how I might design those and uh, any issues people are having how I could solve them and at the moment I'm still like on the I'm still on like the launch day high like and I like just I've had a lot of feedback on Twitter, like comments and retweets and likes and lots of, um, kind of like a lot of attention coming in and yeah, it's, it can be like difficult to process it all. And then you have to get back to working on stuff.
0: Well, well, and to talk about the app, uh, just a little, you know, you're really solving, a very specific but very often desired need uh there there isn't much um competition in the area of it's not necessarily a task that i have it doesn't need to go on my task manager it's not a project it's just a a subtle hint like i was actually telling um one of my carpool mates uh, about the app and explaining explaining it he goes oh why wouldn't you just set a reminder i was like well do i really need to, a reminder of i need to change the oil again well no because the oil gets changed at different intervals sometimes it's mm-hmm. earlier sometimes it's later but what i do need to know is hey when was the last time that i changed the oil because mm-hmm. if i do look at it and it says oh wow it's been like seven months i need to do that now <laughs> <laughs> then it's it's obviously a problem but if i'm having car problems and i go well, huh, it says here I have only I only changed my oil like two or three months ago. Hmm, maybe I need to take it to the mechanic to get it serviced or, or looked at. Uh, so I, I think that your app fits in the space very well as a great companion to someone's workflow. It doesn't have to be a calendar entry anymore. It doesn't have to be that task that never gets finished. Like it, it has a home now. And I, I thank you for that because that, makes me feel so much better because I get anxiety about unfinished tasks, but it also, it just, it just seems so logical that I'm like, how, how is this just coming out? And I I guess it was just waiting for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I always wanted something like this and I couldn't find something similar. Um, I think there might be some other products that are like this, but I don't, know how long ago it was since they've been released and how popular they were they are like um yeah they might be quite out outdated and abandoned products so anyway even if there are existing products in this space I wanted to make my own that you know and how I would want it to be and my own touch like I like designing and I like fun bright colors so I made sure I put a really nice color scheme in there. I just Absolutely. tried to make it nice.
0: I think the theme that I'm using right now is the purple haze. Cause I really okay. like it. So that with the dark brightness, I think That's the great. colors are they really pop in that that scheme.
1: Yeah, my developer Kyle chose um the additional themes. I like I started with the yellow and cyan one and he added in a bunch of others. So can thank Kyle for the other colors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will definitely do that. You mentioned that you met Kyle, what, two years ago now? And and that yeah. you had this idea, and, and it's been in development. I think that's mm-hmm. something that people tend to forget. Like, I know Ish made a really good point about this, of like, I had this idea for an application, and the technology wasn't there. And even if the technology was there, like it took him 20 apps to get to a thing that he enjoyed, like he was like, okay, this is close. It's not exactly what I was wanting, but it was close. And it was the culmination of all those other things. Um, for you, you're just starting out in the programming uh, arena. You've been doing it for uh, you know a few years now. Uh, how How does that feel when you don't have the experience of 20 apps behind you and it, this is like the first app. How, how does that feel? Mm.
1: Well, I've really leaned on the support of the people I've worked with. Like Ish has so much experience. So I'm really grateful I've had a chance to work with him. He He's taught me so much. Um, he's, he pretty much mentored me in designing apps because when we first met, we met via email when I mentioned some things that needed improving in one of his apps, um, and um, he actually wanted help on his apps. And he saw that I kind of had the skill and eye to help in that area. But I was like a graphic, like I, I was a graphic designer, but well, my main background is in visual arts. I. That's what I studied at university. So um, the first thing I did when I worked with Ish is I made some icons that were consistent weights and sizes for one of his apps. And, like, just over time, like, he mentored me in designing apps. Like, he got me to read Apple's human interface guidelines and I also read through. Google Material Design and I did um, Design Code, the Learn Sketch portion of that, which is a course by Meng tu and a and a bunch of other designers and developers that he works with now. And, yeah, I, I gradually built up my skills and got to a point where I feel quite comfortable um, like designing an app like following following guidelines that match the operating system of the app. So so
0: how does that how does that translate? Um, we often hear like, Oh, I'm a I'm a developer, not a designer. Like I, I tell mm-hmm. people now, like I use Bootstrap on everything because you don't want me building my own like style sheets for any of the websites that I've worked on. But I I do know that as a developer, as someone who writes code, I do have to have at least an eye for some like basics of design, just to know that okay, mm-hmm. I can't cram. 10,000 lines <laughs> to a single web page. I might want to, you know, do some kind of pagination for that. But how mm-hmm. is it coming from being a designer first and then being able to write code with the design already in mind?
1: Well, the code I've written so far is in Swift Playground, like the Playgrounds app on my iPad, and I've just been learning it on there um my my co-worker Kyle um or co-collaborator worked on the code for this app so I just I like designed everything and we had lots of conversations about how things should work and tested it and refined it through using test flight so that's how it worked for us
0: okay cool and, and I, I do think that that's That's still good because that allows you to look at the code that he's writing and not just not just be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's good or whatever, but also have that idea of, okay, what's really happening so that I can learn. Um, I've, I've learned a lot of the programming knowledge that I have from watching other people and being like connected to what other people are doing uh, with, with code. And I think, there's no greater example of that than having code with your name on it. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like if Kyle all of a sudden said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to do any more with this. This is on your account. That's fine. I hope he would never do that to you. Um, But uh, it does give you this, like, I, I want to know a little bit maybe, maybe more about the code and what's happening, but you're not looking at it from like a, from like a guardianship or I have to know about this because it's on me to, to support it. It's more, Hey, I'm actually interested in how this works. Um, and I I think again, you show that passion in all of the apps that I've, I've seen that you've had your name associated with. Um, so I I can definitely tell that this is like going to be no different.
1: Thanks. I definitely want to keep learning more about coding. Um, I, I really would like to be able to support my app on my own if I could. Um, not that I want to kick out help from others, but I want to, you know, I want to learn about it in case I do need to take over in that area at a future date. And I really feel like it could be a skill that will really help me in my career as well.
0: Well, and you mentioned before, like you're, you're a business owner. Like this isn't, it's not just the app. It's the app. It's the marketing. It's the uh, finance management. It's the client uh, aggregation and and like client seeking and all that stuff. Uh, it it doesn't give you much time to really just sit down and say I'm going to dig into the code. So I think it is great to have that help, but also to. Be as knowledgeable as possible, especially in the areas of knowing what you don't know. Um, that's something that I've had to to learn the the harsh lesson of recently.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot that I don't know right now, which I'm very happy to admit. <laughs> but yeah, I keep learning.
0: So so speaking of which, uh, you mentioned a lot of the guides that. Uh, you used to kind of grow into this uh, designer uh, with with a huge portfolio and and a lot of experience behind you. Um, what are some of the areas that you've been trying to grow in as? a business owner. I mean, you mentioned trying to get more clients and try to do marketing. I noticed that the marketing for Stamp Pack was was big and then it seemed like Capsicum was even bigger. Like you had more of a an idea of coordinating with different publications and putting out your own blog posts and and kind of really having a marketing campaign instead of just I released an app yay because that's (laughs) that's basically what I do with everything is like I did this thing okay I'm going to set it down forget about it and start working on the next one Um, so yeah what have you been using to uh, I guess grow in those areas
1: yeah well one of the biggest things is building a community around me like I started on Twitter a long time ago and um, following people in the industry that I'm in and people that I'm interested in and like joining in in conversations. And um, I just happened to have built a big support network around me in a way because when I announce something, a lot of people in the community rally around me. I recently also joined, like, a developer meetup in Adelaide, uh, Adelaide, South Australia, where I live, and networking in person with developers and people who work on apps. So that's also been good to, like, talk to people in person and some people even come up to me and ask about how Capsicum is doing and it's really cool that they know what I work on.
0: I do think that the community side of things are, are extremely important. Um, I, I mean, I'm glad to be somewhat a part of that community. I'm always looking at, at what what you're doing, and I, I can't say I can even emulate it. Usually, I just try to be like, okay, like Heidi put out this super awesome Medium post. Maybe I just do like an announcement or a tweet. <laughs> and Do the bare minimum of that if I can. <laughs>
1: I'm really glad you're a part of the community too. And, you know, everyone is welcome. Like um, the particular community that I, I feel a part of is like like people who make apps and in the tech community, like people who love Apple. Like, but yeah, anyone who's interested in those things, I'm really happy um, to share ideas and... um you know support one
0: another awesome so i think this is going to be the last question before we jump into the bonus round so before we jump into that i do have to tell everybody if you've enjoyed this conversation if you've enjoyed all the other conversations there's part twos all of these and they are released in conjunction with these but for our premium members only premium members get all of the great things of being in our free community and then some more like they get, uh, we actually had a a new premium member. Um, I did not ask permission to give their name out, so I will not do that, but thank you so much. (laughs) But as they would tell you, you also get, you know, an email string with me and I actually connect with you on a weekly basis and just see how things are going. Um, Like Heidi just said, the community is so important and Having people who not only believe in what I do, but believe in the mission of trying to help others become more productive is something that I want to continue to support, and I can't do that without your help. So if you want to help Productivity and Tech continue to be what it is, as well as get the extra awesome questions that Heidi's going to be asking me in a few minutes, uh, go to productivityintech.com slash memberships and become a premium member to date. Um, so yeah, heidi, I sorry for the ad read <laughs> right in the middle of that, but I will forget if I don't do it. Um, so the last question that I have for you is, obviously, there is a growing community around you, not just online but locally. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is that scene like in in adelaide i i've I've heard of adelaide as a place but i'm not too familiar with it but Mm -hmm. i do know that uh me and my california you know ignorance basically thinks like the tech scene only exists in like three places in the united states and nowhere else and that's clearly wrong because i get told that every single week when i interview someone from a super awesome place uh but uh what what is it in Adelaide that really has you excited. You mentioned the, uh, the developer meetups, but do you see other things coming to that area?
1: Um, you know, we have a lot of talent here, uh, and it ends up being a small world because developers from Adelaide are known in the U.S. as well. Like at this meetup, we have developers who make streaks, and um, let me see what else streaks um, and pocket casts are a podcasting app. so we have um, Russell and Quentin are the developers of those apps and um, you know they they go to WWDC as well and Russell's apps, Uh, Russell's app Pocketcast was recently acquired by NPR and so they own his company a little company from Adelaide and um, you know there's lots of people there who are really passionate about what what they do there's like there's like a 16 year old young young guy who's working on apps while he's still at school and like super successful and very motivating that a person so young is doing all of that. When I was 16, I didn't have that many achievements. So, um, I just, I really like being in person and talking to people. And it's actually because of going to that meetup that I got inspired to start coding because before that I just thought I want to design. And whenever someone says should design as code, I kind of got angry because I'm like, not if they don't want to. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now it, now it was quite, it was quite inspiring being there in person with people and just, you know, just connecting with people.
0: I, I love that. And, and while you were talking, I had to do like a quick thought in my head, like, uh, you mentioned Russell and the Pocket Cast team. I've, I actually use Pocket Cast, so like Wait. when you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> and then I, I used Streaks a long, long time ago, um, yeah. and so it's it's cool to hear about not just apps, but apps that I know, apps that I use, and apps the apps that no one else knew that I used. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> like you said, it is a small world. I'd I'd love to yeah. actually, you know, meet those people as well because I mean without mm-hmm. Pocket Cast like, like I, I listen to way too many podcasts and Pocket Cast helps with that but also like I'm a podcaster I've been doing this for like three years now and mm-hmm. to be able to have independent developers and even developers that have their products acquired like to me it it makes mm-hmm. me happy to hear that something that started out as a passion project something that started out as a I want to do this thing I believe in it Let's make it happen. Can get the attention of a big company like NPR. I hope one day Mm. one of my web apps can get like picked up by something like that. That'd be great because then financial security, yay! Yes, exactly. (laughs) But but I definitely do believe you when you say you know it's a small world and just having the knowledge of who's around you, what great resources are around you. That is one of the things that I think will make for great developers and designers alike, not just one or the other. Mm. So let's wrap it up. Let's, let's finish this off with telling how telling everyone how they can be a part of your community and get in touch with you uh, if they want to on Twitter or or wherever else.
1: Yeah. So I'm very active on Twitter. My profile is Heidi underscore Helen. And that's, h-e-i-d-i underscore h-e-l-e-n uh that's the best place to reach me really um reply to my tweets or send me a dm and people can chat to me there
0: awesome so are you ready for the after show Yes. (laughs) Okay, so this is the fun part because I I have to explain what it is, and I always goof it up somehow, uh, usually by becoming all anxious. But uh, So at the end of every show, I've learned so much about my guests, but I also feel like there is a great conversation still waiting to be had. And because I'm all out of ideas of where that conversation can come from, I turn it over Mm. to my guest. I pass the host baton Mm. over to them and let them ask me whatever questions they want. They can be about productivity. They can be about technology. They can be about what I had for dinner tonight, which my wife made an amazing grilled chicken that I want to brag about because, like, I, I walked in and I was just like, this is the best chicken I've ever had. And that's not me sugarcoating it or trying to butter her up it was sincerely the best chicken i've ever had so i i mean it could be about any of those things or something completely different but at this point i'm going to stop talking and start answering your questions because from this point on the show is yours
1: okay well it seems like you've already answered what you had for dinner so. <laughs> um i i've heard you mention that you're a marketer like how how does that work like what's your process of being a marketer what kind of things do you do
0: okay so i am in the that mid stage of like side questing myself into a business um mm-hmm. last october i got a business license for productivity and tech finally and started pursuing like productivity coaching and all this other stuff but i still have a day job and that day job is i'm an e-commerce specialist but for some weird reason our company aligns that with marketing so i tend to do a lot of the asset management the um i don't want to say like brand alignment but i I guess i take this really old company's like e-commerce platform and try to make it look as consistent and as modern as possible which is sometimes a challenge but Um, as you can tell, I don't do too much marketing of my own stuff. That's usually because I'm all tired of marketing by the time I get home.
1: Does that involve a bit of design then if you're making it look modern and new? Um, a little,
0: we do have much more talented designers on the team. Mm -hmm. So usually for me, that looks like, Hey, I made this basic, uh, design in like InDesign or Illustrator or Photoshop and can you make it look nice please? <laughs> and mm. they they tend to usually take the inspiration that I had and then take it like another level. And I I couldn't do it without them. Definitely a shout out to that team because they are super awesome. But for me I think getting getting the process started and even making things look consistent. I, I think that consistency is one of the the key fundamentals of design like when things aren't consistent they tend to stick out so unless that's your desired um intention then you kind of get the these weird like imbalances in your design
1: i really agree there consistency is one of my favorite design principles i guess it's my turn to ask another question then hey Um, (laughs) let me see uh, so what are, what kind of work are you doing in your own business so far?
0: So I, I call it a boutique creativity like studio at this point because it doesn't really have a, a, a core set thing. And I'm okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. As you can tell, I'm a little spastic. Uh, I <laughs> do have ADHD. Um, and apparently I've had it my entire life, but I only got diagnosed with it last year. Uh, so the... There's a side of me that always wants to be doing something different, always wants to be doing something new and creative. But okay. I've always had the same passion of I want to help people. I want to do things that make a difference and make an impact in people's lives. And for me, the biggest area of that is productivity. Uh, if you notice, it's called productivity in tech, but we didn't really talk about productivity apps. That's because mm. I tend to stay away from productivity apps if I can help it. Because mm-hmm. I do think that uh, people tend to get too caught up in the system and not yeah. not in the process itself. So that's for right. me, I do productivity coaching for developers. Uh, that's one of right. my my first big things is helping developers get away from the idea of agile and scrum and, and all of these other weird buzzwords that make no sense to people who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and mm. instead... I take them back to basics. I take their apps away from them and make them use pen and paper for a week and then have them declutter their mind, figure out what's going on, get a a full grasp written down of how hectic their life is, and then start working with them on a weekly basis to to put those pieces back together in a way that's more conducive to a healthier lifestyle and a more productive one in the process
1: that sounds very useful and helpful because there's so much check out there oh my goodness I have like you have to respond to emails you have to respond to tweets uh you know like like when I actually get an email with requests then I have to do something with them like I have to log them somewhere so they don't just get forgotten and you know there's design assets to create there's marketing to do there's you know, new features to work on and like uh, there's just so many things and that's just on your one project. And then if you have multiple, they all have the same needs. And then there's your everyday life, like all your family responsibilities and, you know, seeing friends. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and there's definitely a a big part to that of, we've only got 24 hours in a day and we're only one person. So until, Mm -hmm. until they start like cloning people at the cyclic rate or finding ways to let us do work in space so that our days are longer, like Mm -hmm. I don't foresee us being able to get more done in that same amount of time. So what I tend to try to to help people with is um, I mentioned like the boutique creativity side of that is I not only coach them, but Mm -hmm. I also help with putting a system in place. And a lot of that focuses around automation and some automation practices. I Mm -hmm. hate, absolutely hate 100%. Like I will unfollow someone instantly if they send me a canned DM, if I follow them. So there's definitely doing automation wrong, but Mm -hmm. what I want to help people understand is there's a way that you can do automation and do it in a way that is still personable and is still helpful and and helps people in ways that they never thought. And, and I, I think that is one of the things that I, I usually bring to the table that my clients don't tend to think about is like, okay, you're going to help me be more productive. But usually the first thing I hear is I've never thought of that. And and that mm-hmm. is that is something that I don't bring myself, but I bring by bringing people like Heidi on, you know, to a podcast to learn what they're doing and learn about the different processes and paths that they've taken to their level of mastery. Uh, so it, it really does. It feeds itself. Like I'm I'm building two web apps right now and they're both terrible, but at the same time, I'm learning things, and I'm taking that to my day job, and I'm taking that to my clients and saying, "Oh, hey, I was just reading something about this. Maybe we could connect something like this and this piece together and and really speed up this process for you and and I, I think that is something that I couldn't do if I had a very specific label to my business,
1: yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever works. Um, <laughs> yeah. I consider myself to have very many skills as well. And it is hard to, it is hard to like, just put a label on, on who you are and what you do. Um, like in my work, I definitely, I do, I wear a lot of hats at times. So like you do whatever needs to be done. Like if if you own your own business, you, you know, you can, you can be doing the marketing. You can be doing the customer support. You can be doing it all.
0: Definitely. And and that is something that Um, I think Paul Jarvis's book, Company of One, talks about really well, and I'd recommend that book to anybody. I need to finish reading my copy um, so I can give it to someone. Uh, But the the idea of not scaling larger than your capabilities is something Mm -hmm. that is really hard to master. Because, I mean, we all want to have a billion-dollar business. We all want to be the next Apple. But Apple employs... Thousands of people. And for the most part, it's just us. So if we can scale that down and say, hey, let me make enough to live off of and be hyper selective with my clients so that it doesn't feel like work. It feels like I'm connecting with an old friend or I'm having fun. Or as I mentioned in one of my um, newsletter posts, you know, all of my clients now are people that I've known for at least two years now. And that, except for one my newest client is i've only known them for about 6 months but
1: okay.
0: there was work that was put into that relationship before i even proposed that they send some work my way and that i could help them whether it was a podcast editing or video courses or whatever it was meeting them up meeting them at a conference learning about what they do learning about the process that they they take and then going to them with not just oh here's my sales pitch it is here i know the exact problems that you're having in your system because you've told me about them mm-hmm.
1: and here's
0: my plan to already start helping and and here's the stuff that i'll do not just because i want your business but because i want to see you succeed because you're my friend at this point i've known you for years like mm. and and i think that having that mentality and being able to keep your clientele limited so that you can do that really does help you not only build a scalable business that you can maintain, but it also takes a lot away from the, oh, great, I got to deal with customers or, oh, great, I got to worry about this person not sending me in it, you know, not paying his invoice on time. You know, mm-hmm. it it gets rid of a lot of those problems that trying to become a big company has.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's really great to work with people that you care about and um, you know, enjoy working with. Uh what happens though when like your friends or people you want to work with don't have much resources or money, like people that you'd care about and want to help with your business?
0: So I, I think that's where having having something for everyone, um I know I just said, don't have something for everyone. Now have something for everyone. But um, having the ability to meet people where they are Mm. is really important. Um, I mean, as a productivity coach, I know that I could charge $150 an hour, $250 an hour. I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not fair for me because that means I have to now invest that much amount of time um, aside from having a day job, aside from being a husband, being a business owner, and being a new father, um, that's just a lot to ask of myself. So what I do is instead I charge forty. I charge sorry, fifty-five dollars. We just had a price okay. increase. Um, went from, <laughs> we went up ten bucks. <laughs> sorry everyone, uh, but we did that. You know, I, I made that decision to do that with my clients. All with them agreeing to it first of all, and I told them I said mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't feel like you're not getting that extra ten dollars worth of value, I will keep it at the old price for you. Um, mm-hmm. But also having this idea of I want to be able to help people at where they need it most.
1: Yeah, Fortune five
0: hundred CEOs who can afford a thousand dollars a week don't need my help. I can't help mm. them. I have no idea what they're doing. But the person that's struggling to you know keep that first job, that first developer job that they had or trying to balance you know life of you know being a husband or, or a wife or or being a, just being a spouse in general, being a parent, being um, a new employee, those are the people that I want to help. So I make my content affordable to them. That does mean that I don't talk with them every day. That does mean that I can't put out, you know, I can't publish books and things like that because that would take more time. Mm. But it makes the people who are going to value the work that I'm, I'm, you know, providing, it makes them more uh, susceptible to or more, I guess, accepting of the help that I have because they know it's not coming from a position of... Give me $5,000 and I'm going to tell you the same thing that, you know, you could hear on 15 podcasts this week. I'm going to really do my best to try to think outside the box for them and help them come up with a system that is truly unique to what is going on in their life. But I'm going to do it at a, in a, at a rate that they can afford.
1: That's really awesome. So this will probably be my final question. I was wondering after hearing all of this, uh, where your inspiration and drive comes from and as well as knowledge in offering coaching to people like what motivated you to start it and like what what do you draw upon
0: so the biggest thing is all those podcasts that i mentioned i I think at this point i don't have the the list up but Last time I checked, I'm subscribed to 153 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, and not all of them are currently running. Uh, some of them are seasonal. Some of them are probably expired at this point. I just don't go through and prune them because I don't need to. Um, but there are, there are definitely people in the industry that I've looked up to for a long time. Uh, a big shout out to Mike Vardy, who um, at one point actually asked me to work with him. And um, I declined because of that exact answer of... You know, I can't really help people that are not in a situation that I'm used to or that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. comfortable helping in. But uh, to answer the question of where I get the the inspiration and the drive from, I was once that person. You know, I I came from a position of being in the military for five years and before that being a musician and... Trying to be like a freelance. I actually my first tech job was actually in web design, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. was funny uh, because I had no business being in web design. I wasn't that good, Uh, but I quite a varied
1: background.
0: (laughs) And and that's always been my thing is I don't want to do the same thing for too long. You know, Mm -hmm. five years in the military was more than enough for me. I I saw more than I ever wanted to, Um, but I also got plenty of wonderful experiences out of that as well. And I met a lot of people, heard a lot of very interesting stories from people all over the world. And mm-hmm. I think once I made that transition into the private sector out of, you know, being a government employee where they tell you when to do, they tell you when to wake up, they tell you when to eat, they tell you what you know where you have to be and when you have to be there, to yeah. having that freedom to I basically, I tell people they they tend to give you just enough rope to hang yourself. And I, I really felt like that's where I was going. Like I was depressed. I wanted to quit my job. I wanted to run away. I wanted to like give it all up. And then one day it just hit me like, just throw all of this stuff out. Throw all the advice out. Start at the bare basics. And I I teach people the same process that I went through. The same process wow. that I did. And it worked for me. You know, I'm still at that same company six years later and I've changed departments and done some stuff in that. But I'm now at a point where I feel like I have control of my workload and I have control of the things that I want to learn. And that plus the idea of learning that the more people I talk to, the more that I learn from them and the more that I learn from them, the more that I get to play around with stuff that is just genuinely interesting to me. So that desire to interact with as many people as possible and to do as much as possible. I think that's where the drive comes from. Um, that, and you know, my, I want my daughter to look up to me and and say, you know, I want to be like that when I grow up. So now I have that, that added bonus.
1: That's so sweet thank you for all of your answers, Jay.
0: Absolutely, and I think the dogs next door are barking or telling me that I should probably get off of this microphone.
1: <laughs> OMG.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop my recording there. And you can start yours at any time. Okay. Awesome, and and that actually worked as a good mic check too. So everything's looking good on my end. Um, so I do want to start with just saying thank you. I know that it's early there. I can't. I, I can never keep up with the time
1: difference. <laughs> it's just afternoon right now, twelve fifty p.m. Okay, I've
0: I've only been to Australia once, and it was in Darwin, and a little time in Sydney, and it was while I was stationed. In Japan, so I didn't have much of a time difference <laughs> to yeah. to work with. Uh, so, and that was wow, almost seven, eight years ago. So, I can't, mm. I can barely remember uh, much of my time there. But uh, that being said, I know that we coordinated this really quickly, and I think it, it was like a, a week total between like planning things, getting things scheduled, and now recording. So. Uh, that usually does That's take right. time, so thank you so much for jumping onto the show.
1: <laughs> no problems.
0: And I, I have to start with, like, what what is your role with Illuminated Bits? Because I, I'm so confused, and I always get confused. And I've asked Ish like seven times, and he can never give me like a clear answer. <laughs> so as far as I know, he does like the development stuffs. And then you do everything else, which doesn't seem fair to me, but I mean, if that's what works, I'll go with it.
1: <laughs> we have a very fair arrangement actually. Um, so Illuminated Bits is Ish's um, independent company. So he has total ownership over it. I'm not actually employed by his company. I like kind of do contract work and he um, he reimburses me for some of the work I do. So, I mean, Capsicum is one of the apps we work on and I get a share of the profits it makes. So um, my role specifically is um, doing design. So I work on designing the user interface. I use Sketch um, for that and then I'll send those mock-ups over to Ish, and he'll implement it in code. Not necessarily straight away. There is like a back and forth discussion and iterations before we're happy on a particular screen. And then I also do like social media, um, social media promotion for the apps we work on. So I create like artwork and come up with like the wording for tweets and Instagram and Facebook. Like, like we do, we do like agree on the messages and stuff that we want to share when we're promoting stuff and, and then both discuss whether we like the artwork and stuff till. So it is like a collaborative process.
0: So I already have a few questions just off of that response. Um, The big thing is you said that uh, you're kind of working as a contractor. Does that mean that you're Mm -hmm. building apps with other developers or, um, working with other developers to or other I guess business owners to uh, help promote their brands and their products as well.
1: Uh, not currently. Um, I just started my I just started a new app or released a new app that uh, is on my own developer account and I actually, so another developer actually worked with me, and I'll be paying him a share of the profits from my own project. So, um, yeah, I I actually am looking for work at the same time as working on all my own products. So <laughs> they're like they're kind of like all different side projects, but I would love them to be full time projects that can make a living for me.
0: I, I do think that that is the uh, the entrepreneur's dilemma of having so much work to do, and then also having your own things that you want to accomplish, all while trying to still make your business profitable. Uh, that's yeah. something that I'm learning more and more about, like each day that I've been uh, trying to do this. This. I don't even know what you would call it. I, I call it boutique creativity <laughs> business uh, at this mm-hmm. point. But that's interesting because, you know, I, I look at Stamp Pack, and that was how I first found out about um, Ish and about, and you and, and what you two were doing. But I mm-hmm. look at that and I look at Capsicum, and it's, to me, it, it does seem like a very joint uh, effort. In there of like, I'm, you know, you are just as much a part of that product as as Ish is, even though maybe the business is under his name. And and mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that it doesn't feel like it's, oh, hey, I built this app and I had to hire a designer. It was, yeah. this is our app and we, we built it. I think that that shows in your work.
1: Exactly. Like, I don't just... I don't just see myself as, like, a contractor. I, like, I do consider them my apps as well and I really do feel part of it and have ownership and we make decisions about the product together. Like, uh, Ish, Ish still, like, leads, like, uh, he has a direction that that he wants to go and features that he wants to build. So he still leads, like, like the apps we've worked on together, but I can definitely have a big influence with my own ideas and like if there's ever something i want he's like mock it up (laughs) so i have to do some work if i actually want it if i want something i have to like actually show like how it could look (laughs) so yeah
0: so, looking at that and and definitely congratulations on the launch of a new app. Uh, I was lucky enough that that you gave me a, a copy to test. And I can already say like i've I've put a few things in it. Um, let's talk about that. but also, let's talk about the difference between I work on an app with someone and then like mm-hmm. I work on my app with mm. someone,
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Well, when I started working on this app, I actually, I actually figured that it would go on 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 the other developer's account um, because. So I, I primarily design. I only recently just started learning a little bit about uh, coding, learning Swift, um, and so I figured it would go on his account. But he said to me. Kyle, who I'm working with, he said, "It seems like you really uh, want to make a go at the indie life, and that you're really passionate about this. Wouldn't it be great if you could release the app on your own account, and like it be your app?" And I actually thought that was really awesome, and um, because it was my it was my idea, and uh, me and Kyle we met at Layers in 2017, which is a conference. That happens at the same time as WWDC and yeah we kept in touch and he really wanted to get into development like he did web development before and he wanted to get into working on iOS apps so really wanted to get some projects under his belt and stuff that he could have in his portfolio and yeah we talked about ideas for making an app and I mentioned my idea for when did I where you could track things you've done like the last time you changed the sheets or um, if you took your multivitamin and he really liked the idea and then we started working on it together Um, yeah so it's under my name like I have my own developer account and that was a pretty exciting process setting up because I've never done that stuff before like with Ish, he managed all that side of things. So yeah, I have a lot more ownership over this and a lot more, um, a lot more control in a way because like I'm I'm responding to all the support emails so far and um, I can kind of make the executive decisions as well.
0: I think that's. That is such a cool thing. And and like you said, just the idea of I have to make those decisions. Um, Not to make this all about me, but I (laughs) I had uh, a friend of mine who's been on the show uh, a few times before, Brett Terpstra, uh, really awesome automator, web wizard, does a bunch of crazy things. Uh, He just put out an app called Bunch, and all it does is allow you to... Uh, load windows or environments or URLs, uh, and you can basically batch them all together into quote-unquote bunches, and then you call them uh, relatively quickly. And I come in as an automator and as a scripter. So for me, I built an Alfred plugin just out of my desire to just do something with, because I love the app and it, it solved a need that I had, but I wanted to make it better And I built it, and he was like, oh, cool, can I put this on my website and then reference your GitHub page for it? And that was the first time I'd ever had someone say, like, hey, you've done something that's really cool with code. Can I share it with my audience and let people download it? And they'll come to you with their problems, and you can deal with it. (laughs) And in my mind, it was like, I'm doing it. I'm actually doing it. And then... I started noticing that people were actually following the, uh, the repo and I was like, Oh God, what did I do? <laughs> um, so I'm sure yeah. that have just having your name and having your developer account tied to the application is both exhilarating and uh, terrifying at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, um, yeah. I spent, quite a bit of time yesterday replying to emails and trying to do some marketing stuff and I I need to also at one point think about implementing new features and how I might design those and uh, any issues people are having how I could solve them and at the moment I'm still like on the I'm still on like the launch day high like and I like just I've had a lot of feedback on twitter like comments and retweets and likes and lots of um kind of like a lot of attention coming in and yeah it's you it can be like difficult to process it all and then you have to get back to working on stuff
0: well well and to talk about the app uh, just a little you know you're really solving a very specific but very often desired need Uh, there there isn't much um, competition in the area of it's not necessarily a task that I have it doesn't need to go on my task manager it's not a project (laughs) it's just a a subtle hint like I was actually telling um, one of my carpool mates uh, about the app and explaining explaining it he goes oh why wouldn't you just set a reminder i was like well do i really need to, a reminder of i need to change the oil again well no because the oil gets changed at different intervals sometimes it's mm-hmm. earlier sometimes it's later but what i do need to know is hey when was the last time that i changed the oil because mm-hmm. if i do look at it and he says oh wow it's been like seven months i need to do that now <laughs> <laughs> then it's it's obviously a problem but if i'm having car problems and i go well, huh, it says here I have only I only changed my oil like two or three months ago. Hmm, maybe I need to take it to the mechanic to get it serviced or, or looked at. Uh, so I, I think that your app fits in the space very well as a great companion to someone's workflow. It doesn't have to be a calendar entry anymore. It doesn't have to be that task that never gets finished. Like it, it has a home now. And I, I thank you for that because that, makes me feel so much better because I get anxiety about unfinished tasks but it also it just it just seems so logical that I'm like how how is this just coming out and I I guess (laughs) it was just waiting for you
1: (laughs) yeah I always wanted something like this and I couldn't find something similar um I think there might be some other products that are like this but I don't know how long ago it was since they've been released and how popular they were they are like um yeah they might be quite out outdated and abandoned products so anyway even if there are existing products in this space I wanted to make my own that you know and how I would want it to be and my own touch like I like designing and I like fun bright colors so I made sure I put a really nice color scheme in there. I just Absolutely. tried to make it
0: nice. I think the theme that I'm using right now is the purple haze. Cause I really okay. like it. So that, with the dark brightness, I think Sweet. the colors are, they really pop in that, that scheme.
1: Yeah, my developer Kyle chose um, the additional themes. I like, I started with the yellow and cyan one and he added in a bunch of others, so can thank Kyle for the other colors.
0: (laughs) I will definitely do that. You mentioned that you met Kyle, what, two years ago now? And and that you've had this idea and and it's been in development. I think that's Mm -hmm. something that people tend to forget. Like, I know Ish made a really good point about this of like, I had this idea for an application and the technology wasn't there. And even if the technology was there, like it took him 20 apps to get to a thing that he enjoyed, like he was like, okay, this is close. It's not exactly what I was wanting, but it was close and it was the culmination of all those other things. Um, For you, you're just starting out in the programming uh, arena. You've been doing it for, uh, you know, a few years now. Uh, how, How does that feel when you don't have the experience of 20 apps behind you? And it, this is like the first app. How, how does that feel?
1: Mm. Well, I've really leaned on the support of the people I've worked with. Like Ish has so much experience. So I'm really grateful I've had a chance to work with him. He He's taught me so much. Um, he's He pretty much mentored me in designing apps because when we first met, we met via email when I mentioned some things that needed improving in one of his apps. Um and um he actually wanted help on his apps and he saw that I kind of had the skill and eye to help in that area. But I was like a graphic like I I was a graphic designer, but well my main background is in visual arts. I, I that's what I studied at university. So Um, the first thing I did when I worked with Ish is I made some icons that were consistent weights and sizes for one of his apps. And like, just over time, like he mentored me in designing apps. Like he got me to read Apple's human interface guidelines. And I also read through Google material design and I did, um, design code, the learn sketch portion of that, which is a course by Mengtu and a and a bunch of other designers and developers that he works with now. And yeah, I, I gradually built up my skills and got to a point where I feel quite comfortable um, like designing an app, like following following guidelines that match the operating system of the app. So. So
0: how does that, how does that translate? Um, we often hear like, oh, I'm a, I'm a developer, not a designer. Like I I tell Mm -hmm. people now, like I use bootstrap on everything because you don't want me building my own like style sheets for any of the websites that I've worked on, but I, I do know that. As a developer, as someone who writes code, I do have to have at least an eye for some like basics of design just to know that, mm-hmm. okay, I can't cram 10,000 lines <laughs> onto a single web page. I might want to you know do some kind of pagination for that. But how mm-hmm. is it coming from being a designer first and then being able to write code with the design already in mind?
1: Well, the code I've written so far is in Swift Playground, like the Playgrounds app on my iPad, and I've just been learning it on there. Um, My co worker, Kyle, um, or co collaborator, worked on the code for this app. So I just, I like designed everything and we had lots of conversations about how things should work and tested it and refined it through using test flight. So that's how it worked for us.
0: Okay, cool. And and I, I do think that that's that's still good because that allows you to look at the code that he's writing and not just not just be like, okay, yeah, that's that's good or whatever, but also have that idea of, okay, what's really happening so that I can learn um I've I've learned a lot of the programming knowledge that I have from watching other people and being like connected to what other people are doing uh, with, with code. And I think there's no greater example of that than having code with your name on it. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like if Kyle all of a sudden said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to do any more with this. This is on your account. That's fine. I hope he would never do that to you. Um, but uh, it does give you this, like I, I want to know a little bit, maybe maybe more about the code and what's happening, yeah. but you're not looking at it from like a, a from like a guardianship, or I have to know about this because it's on me to to support it. It's more, hey, I'm actually interested in how this works, um, and I, I think again, you show that passion in all of the apps that I've I've seen that you've had your name associated with. Um, so I, I can definitely tell that this is like going to be no different.
1: Thanks. I definitely want to keep learning more about coding. Um, I, I really would like to be able to support my app on my own if I could. Um, not that I want to kick out help from others, but I want to, you know, I want to learn about it in case I do need to take over in that area at a future date. And I really feel like it could be a skill that will really help me in my career as well.
0: Well, and you mentioned before, like you're, you're a business owner. Like this isn't, it's not just the app. It's the app. It's the marketing. It's the uh, finance management. It's the client uh, aggregation and, and like client seeking and all that stuff. Uh, it It doesn't give you much time to really just sit down and say, I'm going to dig into the code. So I think it is great to have that help, but also to... Be as knowledgeable as possible, especially in the areas of knowing what you don't know. Um, that's something that I've had to to learn the, the harsh lesson of recently.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot that I don't know right now, which I'm very happy to admit. <laughs> but yeah, I keep learning. So, so speaking
0: of which, uh, you mentioned a lot of the guides that uh, you used to kind of grow into this uh, designer uh, with, with a huge portfolio and, and a lot of experience behind you. Um, what are some of the areas that you've been trying to grow in as a business owner? I mean, you mentioned trying to get more clients and try to do marketing. I noticed that the marketing for Stamp Pack was was big. And then it seemed like capsicum was even bigger. Like you had more of a, an idea of coordinating with different publications and Mm -hmm. putting out your own blog posts and, and kind of really having a marketing campaign instead of just, I released an app. Yay. Because that's, (laughs) that's basically what I do with everything is like, I did this thing. Okay. I'm going to set it down forget about it and start working on the next one. Um, So yeah. What have you been using to uh, I guess grow in those areas,
1: yeah, well, one of the biggest things is building a community around me, like um I started on Twitter a long time ago, and um following people in the industry that I'm in and people that I'm interested in, and like joining in in conversations and um, I just happen to have built a big support network around me in a way because when I announce something, a lot of people in the community rally around me. I recently also joined like a developer meetup in Adelaide, uh, Adelaide, South Australia, where I live, and networking in person with developers and people who work on apps. So that's also been good to like talk to people in person. And some people even come up to me and ask about how capsicum is doing. And it's really cool that they know what I work on.
0: I do think that the community side of things are are extremely important. Um, I, I mean, I'm glad to be somewhat a part of that community. I'm always looking at at what, what you're doing. And I, I can't say, I can even emulate it. Usually I just try to be like, okay, like Heidi put out this super awesome medium post. Maybe I just do like an announcement or a tweet. <laughs> and Do the bare minimum of that. If I can.
1: I'm really glad you're a part of the community too. And, you know, everyone is welcome. Like um, the particular community that I, I feel a part of is like, like people who make apps and in the tech community, like people who love Apple, like, but yeah, anyone who's interested in those things, I'm really happy um, to share ideas and, um, you know, support one another.
0: Awesome. So I think this is going to be the last question before we jump into the bonus round. So before we jump into that, I do have to tell everybody, if you've enjoyed this conversation, if you've enjoyed all the other conversations, there's part twos to all of these, and they are released in conjunction with these, but for our premium members only. Premium members get all of the great things of being in our free community, and then some more. Uh, like they get, uh, We actually had a, a, a new premium member. Um, I did not ask permission to give their name out, so I will not do that, but thank you so much. <laughs> but... As they would tell you, you also get, you know, an email string with me and I actually connect with you on a weekly basis and just see how things are going. Um, Like Heidi just said, the community is so important and having people who not only believe in what I do, but believe in the mission of trying to help others become more productive is something that I want to continue to support. And I can't do that without your help. So if you want to help productivity and tech continue to be what it is, as well as get the extra awesome questions that Heidi's going to be asking me in a few minutes. Uh, go to productivityintech.com/slash/memberships and become a premium member today. Um, so yeah, Heidi, i sorry for the ad read <laughs> right in the <laughs> middle of that, but I will forget if I don't do it. <laughs> so the last question that I have for you is obviously there is a growing community around you not just online but locally um Mm -hmm. what is that scene like in in adelaide i have i've heard of adelaide as a place but i'm not too familiar with it but Mm -hmm. i do know that uh me and my california you know ignorance basically thinks like the tech scene only exists in like three places in the United States and nowhere else. And that's clearly wrong because I get told that every single week when I interview someone from a super awesome place. Uh, but, uh, what, what is it in Adelaide that really has you excited? You mentioned the, uh, the developer meetups, but do you see other things coming to that area?
1: Um, you know, we have a lot of talent here. Uh, and it ends up being a small world because developers from Adelaide are known in the US as well. Like at this meetup, we have developers who make streaks and um, let me see what else. Streaks um, and Pocket Casts uh, a podcasting app. So we have... Um, Russell and Quentin are the developers of those apps, and um, you know they they go to WWDC as well. And Russell's apps, uh, Russell's app Pocket Cast was recently acquired by NPR and. So they own his company, a little company from Adelaide, and um, you know there's lots of people there who are really passionate about what what they do. There's like there's like a 16 year old young young guy who's working on apps while he's still at school and like super successful and very motivating that a person so young is. Doing all of that when I was 16, I didn't have that many achievements. So um, I just I really like being in person and talking to people. And it's actually because of going to that meetup that I got inspired to start coding. Because before that, I just thought I wanted design. And whenever someone says should design as code, I kind of got angry because I'm like, not if they don't want to. But. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah <laughs> now it now it was quite it's quite inspiring being there in person with people and just you know just connecting with people
0: I, I love that And and while you were talking I had to do like a quick thought in my head like uh, you mentioned Russell and the Pocket Cast team. I've, I actually use Pocket Cast, so like Thanks. when you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> and then I, I used Streaks a long, long time ago, um, mm-hmm. and so it's it's cool to hear about not just apps, but apps that I know, apps that I use, and apps the apps that no one else knew that I used. <laughs> you know, so like you said, it is a small world. I'd I'd love to yeah. actually, you know, meet those people as well because i mean without mm. pocket cast like like i i listen to way too many podcasts and pocket cast helps with that but also like i'm a podcaster i've been doing this for like three years now and mm. to be able to have independent developers and even developers that have their products acquired like to me it it makes mm-hmm. me happy to hear that Something that started out as a passion project, something that started out as a, I want to do this thing, I believe in it, let's yeah. make it happen, can get the attention of a big company like NPR. I hope one mm-hmm. day one of my web apps can get like picked up by something <laughs> like that. That'd be great, because then financial security, yay. Yes, <laughs> um, exactly. but, but I definitely do believe you when you say you know it's a small world, and just having the knowledge of who's around you, what great resources are around you. That right. is one of the things that I think will make for great developers and designers alike, not just one or the other. Mm. So let's wrap it up. Let's, let's finish this off with telling how telling everyone how they can be a part of your community and get in touch with you uh, if they want to on Twitter or, or wherever else.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. My profile is Heidi underscore Helen, and that's H-E-I-D-I underscore H-E-L-E-N. That's the best place to reach me, really. Um, Reply to my tweets or send me a DM, and people can chat to me there.
0: Awesome. So are you ready for the after show? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so this is the fun part because I I have to explain what it is, and I always goof it up somehow, uh, usually by becoming all anxious. But uh, So at the end of every show, I've learned so much about my guests, but I also feel like there is a great conversation still waiting to be had. And because I'm all out of ideas of where that conversation can come from, I turn it over to my guest. I pass the host baton over to them and let them ask me whatever questions they want. They can be about productivity. They can be about technology. They can be about what I had for dinner tonight, which my wife made an amazing grilled chicken that I want to brag about because, like, I, I walked in and I was just like, this is the best chicken I've ever had. And that's not me sugarcoating it or trying to butter her up it was sincerely the best chicken i've ever had so i i mean it can be about any of those things or something completely different but at this point i'm going to stop talking and start answering your questions because from this point on the show is yours
1: okay well it seems like you've already answered what you had for dinner so (laughs) um i i've heard you mention that you're a marketer like how how does that work like What's your process of being a marketer? What kind of things do you do? Oh,
0: okay. so I am in the that mid-stage of like side-questing myself into a business. Mm-hmm. Um, last October, I got a business license for productivity and tech, finally, and started pursuing like productivity coaching and all this other stuff, but I still have a day job and that day job is I'm an e-commerce specialist, but for some weird reason, our company aligns that with marketing. So I tend to do a lot of the asset management, the, um, I don't want to say like brand alignment, but I I guess I take this really old company's like e-commerce platform and try to make it look as consistent and as modern as possible, which is sometimes a challenge. But um, as you can tell, I don't do too much marketing of my own stuff. That's usually because I'm all tired of marketing by the time I get yeah. home.
1: <laughs> Does that involve a bit of design then if you're making it look modern and new? Um,
0: a little. We do have much more talented designers on the team. Mm-hmm. So usually for me, that looks like, hey, I made this basic uh, design in like InDesign or Illustrator or Photoshop and can you make it look nice please? <laughs> and mm. they they tend to usually take the inspiration that I had and then take it like another level. And I I couldn't do it without them. Definitely a shout out to that team because they are super awesome. But for me, I think getting getting the process started and even making things look consistent. I, I think that consistency is one of the the key fundamentals of design like when things aren't consistent they tend to stick out so unless that's your desired um intention then you kind of get the these weird like imbalances in your design
1: i really agree there consistency is one of my favorite design principles i guess it's my turn to ask another question then hey um let me see (laughs) Uh, so what are, what kind of work are you doing in your own business so far?
0: So uh, I, I call it a boutique creativity like studio at this point because it doesn't really have a, a, a core set thing. And I'm okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. As you can tell, I'm a little spastic. Uh, <laughs> I do have ADHD. Um, and apparently I've had it my entire life, but I only got diagnosed with it last year. Uh, so the... There's a side of me that always wants to be doing something different, always wants to be doing something new and creative, but okay. I've always had the same passion of, I want to help people. I want to do things that make a difference and make an impact in people's lives. And for me, the biggest area of that is productivity. Uh, if you notice, it's called productivity in tech, but we didn't really talk about productivity apps. That's okay. because I tend to stay away from productivity apps if I can help it. Because mm-hmm. I do think that uh, people tend to get too caught up in the system and yeah. not not in the process itself. So that's for right. me, I do productivity coaching for developers. Uh, that's one okay. of my my first big things is helping developers get away from the idea of Agile and Scrum and, and all of these other weird buzzwords that make no sense to people who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and mm. instead... I take them back to basics. I take their apps away from them and make them use pen and paper for a week and then have them declutter their mind, figure out what's going on, get a, a full grasp written down of how hectic their life is, and then start working with them on a weekly basis to piece, to put those pieces back together in a way that's more conducive to a healthier lifestyle and a more wow. productive one in the process.
1: That sounds very useful and helpful because there's so much check out there. Oh, my goodness. I have like you have to respond to emails, you have to respond to tweets, uh, you know, like like when I actually get an email with requests, then I have to do something with them like I have to log them somewhere so they don't just get forgotten. And, you know, there's design assets to create, there's marketing to do, there's you know, new features to work on and like uh, there's just so many things and that's just on your one project. And then if you have multiple, they all have the same needs. And then there's your everyday life, like all your family responsibilities and, you know, seeing friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and there's definitely a a big part to that of, we've only got 24 hours in a day and we're only one person. So until, Mm -hmm. until they start like cloning people at the cyclic rate or finding ways to let us do work in space so that our days are longer, like Mm -hmm. I don't foresee us being able to get more done in that same amount of time. So what I tend to try to, to help people with is, Um, I mentioned like the boutique creativity side of that is I not only coach them, but Mm -hmm. I also help with putting a system in place. And a lot of that focuses around automation and some automation practices. I Mm -hmm. hate, absolutely hate 100%. Like I will unfollow someone instantly if they send me a canned DM if I follow them. So there's definitely doing automation wrong. But Mm -hmm. what I want to help people understand is there's a way that you can do automation and do it in a way that is still personable and Mm -hmm. is still helpful and and helps people in ways that they never thought. And and I I think that is one of the things that I, Mm -hmm. I usually bring to the table that my clients don't tend to think about is like, okay, you're going to help me be more productive, but usually the first thing I hear is I've never thought of that. And, and Mm. that is, that is something that I don't bring myself, but I bring by bringing people like Heidi on, you know, to a podcast to learn what they're doing and learn about the different processes and paths that they've taken to their level of mastery. Uh, So it, it really does. It feeds itself. Like I'm, I'm building two web apps right now and they're both terrible, but at the same time, I'm learning things and I'm taking that to my day job and I'm taking that to my clients and saying, oh, hey, I was just reading something about this. Maybe we could connect something like this and this piece together and and really speed up this process for you. And and I, I think that is something that I couldn't do if I had a very specific label to my business
1: yeah yeah whatever whatever works um <laughs> yeah I consider myself to have very many skills as well, and it is hard to it is hard to like just put a label on on who you are and what you do um like in my work i definitely i do i wear a lot of hats at times, so like you do whatever needs to be done like if if you own your own business you you know you can you can be doing the marketing you can be doing the customer support you can be doing it all
0: definitely and and that is something that um, I think Paul Jarvis's book "Company of One" talks about really well, and I'd recommend that book to anybody. I need to finish reading my copy um, so I can give it to someone. Uh, but the the idea of not scaling larger than your capabilities is mm-hmm. something that is really hard to master. Because I mean, okay. we all want to have a billion dollar business. We all want to be the next Apple. But Apple employs. Thousands of people. And for the most part, it's just us. So if we can scale that down and say, hey, let me make enough to live off of and be Mm -hmm. hyper selective with my clients so that it doesn't feel like work. It feels like I'm connecting with an old friend or I'm having fun. Or as I mentioned in one of my um, newsletter posts, you know, all of my clients now are people that I've known for at least two years now. And that, except for. One, my newest client is, I've only known them for about six months, but okay. there was work that was put into that relationship before I even proposed that they send some work my way and that I could help them, whether it was a podcast editing or video courses or whatever, it was meeting them up, meeting them at a conference, learning about what they do, learning about the process that they they take, and then going to them with not just, oh, here's my sales pitch. It is here. I know the exact problems that you're having in your system because you've told me about them. Mm-hmm. And here is my plan to already start helping. And and here's the stuff that I'll do, not just because I want your business, but because I want to see you succeed because you're my friend at this point. I've known you for years. like mm. and And I think that having that mentality and being able to keep your clientele limited so that you can do that really does help you not only build a scalable business that you can maintain, but it also takes a lot away from the, oh, great, I got to deal with customers or, oh, great, I got to worry about this person not sending me in it, you know, not paying his invoice on time. You know, mm. it, it, it gets rid of a lot of those problems that trying to become a big company has.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's really great to work with people that you care about and, um, you know, enjoy working with. Uh, what happens though, when like your friends or people you want to work with don't have much resources or money, like people that you'd care about and want to help with your business? So I, I think
0: that's where having having something for everyone. Um, I know I just said, don't have something for everyone. Now have something for everyone. But um, having the ability to meet people where they are
1: mm-hmm. is
0: really important. Um, I mean, as a productivity coach, I know that I could charge $150 an hour, or $250 an hour. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not fair for me because that means I have to now invest that much amount of time um, aside from having a day job, aside from being a husband, being a business owner, and being a new father, um, that's just a lot to ask of myself. So what I do is instead I charge forty. I charge sorry fifty five dollars. We just had a price okay. increase. <laughs> we went up ten bucks. <laughs> sorry everyone, uh, but we did that. You know I, I made that decision to do that with my clients. All with them agreeing to it first of all, and I told them I said mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't feel like you're not getting that extra ten dollars worth of value, I will keep it at the old price for you. Um, mm-hmm. But also having this idea of I want to be able to help people at where they need it most. Yeah, Fortune five hundred CEOs who can afford a thousand dollars a week don't need my help. I can't help mm-hmm. them. I have no idea what they're doing but the person that's struggling to, you know, keep that first job, that first developer job that they had or trying to balance, you know, life of, you know, being a husband or, or a wife or or being a, just being a spouse in general, being a parent, being um, a new employee, those are the people that I want to help. So, I make my content affordable to them. That does mean that I don't talk with them every day. That does mean that I can't put out, you know, I can't publish books and things like that because that would take more time. Mm. But it makes the people who are going to value the work that I'm, I'm, you know, providing, it makes them more uh, susceptible to or more, I guess, accepting of the help that I have because they know it's not coming from a position of give me $5,000 and I'm going to tell you the same thing that, you know, you could hear on 15 podcasts this week. I'm going to really do my best to try to think outside the box for them and help them come up with a system that is truly unique to what is going on in their life. But I'm going to do it at a, in a, at a rate that they can afford.
1: That's really awesome. So this will probably be my final question. I was wondering after hearing all of this, uh, where your inspiration and drive comes from and as well as knowledge in offering coaching to people like what motivated you to start it and like what what do you draw upon
0: so the biggest thing is all those podcasts that i mentioned i, I think at this point I'm, i don't have the the list up but Last time I checked, I'm subscribed to 153 podcasts. <laughs> so, and not all of them are currently running. Uh, some of them are seasonal. Some of them are probably expired at this point. I just don't go through and prune them because I don't need to. Yeah. Um, but there are there are definitely people in the industry that I've looked up to for a long time. Uh, a big shout out to Mike Vardy, who um, at one point actually asked me to work with him. And um, I declined because of that exact answer of... You know, I can't really help people that are not in a situation that I'm used to or that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. comfortable helping in. But uh, to answer the question of where I get the the inspiration and the drive from, I was once that person. You know, I, I came from a position of being in the military for five years and before that being a musician and – um, trying to be like a freelance. I actually my first tech job was actually in web design, mm. <laughs> which was funny uh, because I had no business being in web design. I wasn't that good, uh, but
1: you have I. You've got a varied background, <laughs> and and that's always been my thing.
0: Is I don't want to do the same thing for too long. You know, mm. five years in the military was more than enough for me. I, I saw more than I ever wanted to, um, but I also got plenty of wonderful experiences out of that as well and I met a lot of people, heard a lot of very interesting stories from people all over the world and yeah. I think once I made that transition into the private sector out of, you know, being a government employee where they tell you when to do, they tell you when to wake up, they tell you when to eat, they tell you what, you know, where you have to be and when you have to be there to yeah. having that freedom to I basically I tell people they they tend to give you just enough rope to hang yourself and Yikes. I I really felt like that's where I was going. Like I was depressed, I wanted to quit my job, I wanted to run away, I wanted to like give it all up. And then one day it just hit me like just throw all of this stuff out, throw all the advice out, start at the bare basics and I I teach people the same process that I went through. The same process wow. that I did. And it worked for me. You know, I'm still at that same company six years later and I've changed departments and done some stuff in that. But I'm now at a point where I feel like I have control of my workload and I have control of the things that I want to learn and that plus the idea of learning that the more people I talk to the more that I learn from them and the more that I learn from them, the more that I get to play around with stuff that is just genuinely interesting to me. So that desire to interact with as many people as possible and to do as much as possible. I think that's where the drive comes from um, that. And, you know, my, I want my daughter to look up to me and and say, you know, I want to be like that when I grow up. So now I have that, that added bonus.
1: That's so sweet. Oh, thank you for all of your answers, Jerry
0: absolutely and i think the dogs next door are barking or telling me that i should probably get off of this microphone omg (laughs) okay i'm gonna stop my recording there maybe um and you can start yours at any time okay awesome and and that actually worked as a good mic check too so everything's looking good on my end Um, So I do want to start with just saying thank you. I know that it's early.